0: hello everyone hello hello so, i'm tony i'm natalie and, and we are the lazy book lovers. <laughs> so i love how you just Completely
1: avoid my eyes.
0: I can't oh, look at you because then bit. I'm gonna think too much about it and I'm gonna say it wrong. Think it. <laughs> Hi. Hello. <Yeah. laughs> so, how How are you all? How are you doing? How do we? We're gonna do the same disclaimer we've done for the last two weeks about background noise. We're both in the midst of some colds.
1: We've opened the windows. So we've might might window. bit window.
0: Rain yes, Marcy. Yeah. And I have wind chimes all across my window because I'm that hippie bitch. So you might hear them.
1: You I think the is
0: stopped now, now that yeah. the rain's come. So there's that down. Yeah, Natalie might go to sleep. So I, might I've say just... I got myself extremely comfy. <laughs> um, On oh, my bed of a thousand pillows. <laughs> and, oh, my baby
1: at the moment yeah. is the size of a large mango. Oh, nice. I can't believe that's it. Yeah. <laughs> How is it not a watermelon? I mean, look at me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Your bump is so different to your first baby bump Yeah, so baby's actually only
1: in this bit Yeah And this is just where it's pushed my organs out the way. Poor organs This is just stretch mark for no reason, basically (laughs) It's
0: just decoration
1: Yeah, my body, because it knew what to do It prepared moving all the organs very early on Yeah, Um, that's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, At least baby's got a lot of protection Yeah Especially when my son tries to karate kick me in the belly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yep yeah. this bump is this was I was this big two months before yeah. my birth
0: before yeah and
1: I still have like four months to go
0: well hopefully it'll just level out <laughs> hopefully, hopefully this is as big as it gets yeah you might be one of those people Maybe that we'll just, feel just this and space and then and yeah, yeah. we can but it's exhausting though <laughs> I know I can't even oh, I think no. that. he's sad <laughs> do not recommend <laughs> I've just been, like, completely exhausted but for other reasons. I feel like I say this every few months for yeah. the poor... I've been a bit, burn- bit burnt out. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I've been trying to fix it, so that's been... And then um, my whole body's like, oh, we're resting now. You do look... Even when you're burnt out,
1: you do look so much healthier than you did before Christmas when you were really struggling.
0: Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, because I've been... That was too much. Yeah. Like, I was just grey. Like, yeah. whose face just turns grey? like...
1: You're balanced, never and everything so much better
0: now. Yes. It's, like, a conscious effort, though. Like, keeping myself alive is just so much effort. <laughs> like you're a plant
1: or something.
0: <laughs> God! Like, enough sleep, enough water, enough exercise, oh, wow. enough food. We're just Tamagotchis at the end yeah. of the day, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, I essentially yeah. am. And, like, rest. <laughs> you're <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, because I've I've got this cold, and yesterday I was like, I'm gonna be productive. Why did I need to be productive? I was ill, <laughs> so I decided to stress I myself know. out and sort out a bunch of things I've been avoiding. Why? Why?
1: Yeah.
0: I was yeah. like, because I've got extra time.
1: <laughs> ridiculous.
0: Because obviously I had to cancel my driving lesson. I couldn't go <laughs> to the gym. Yeah, yeah. So rather than just
1: lay in bed and read,
0: no, like you should have
1: done. I did. uh I did
0: the podcasts website. I
1: mean, I'm not gonna complain about that. But. Um, so I
0: updated our website, and then did my own blog, mm. and I also fasted around on fire, today. researched for stuff for today. I also cleaned my room, my room. No, your room
1: looks lovely. I uh,
0: sorted out my cable situation because um, my someone had to unplug my laptop charger for me and made a real mess. <laughs> Love it. But I don't have my cables labelled, so that's my fault. <laughs>
1: Future, yeah.
0: future goals. And my plants are all watered. Yeah, and your bookshelf looks fab. Ah, uh, you know what? I'm doing that thing where, like, I'll lay in bed and just stare at my dragon horde. <laughs> <laughs> Since I did
1: mine in like rainbow water, yeah.
0: It's just like, sort oh, it. and I'm like, I'm oh, I'm never changing
1: you back because that's so much hard work. Oh god, yeah, no. They will never be in serious order again. Now, no.
0: This maybe is my, my doom. I'll come over and do an intervention one day for you or something. That can be my, like, baby shower gift. <laughs> it's manual labor.
1: maternity.
0: <laughs> to be fair, once I'm driving, if you ever did want cleaning help... I'm a quick cleaner, so I could just come over and, like, do a little point. bit. Yeah. yeah. Baby just kicked at
1: that. Baby <laughs> liked the sound of that. <laughs>
0: did you like that idea? Okay. <laughs> Get a little um right, Our method last time, which was, like, meet halfway in coffee shops, and baby, yeah. you, your first baby did not like the coffee shops. Oh, no, he still doesn't love... No, actually, he loves coffee shops now. No, yeah. No. But I remember when you used to have like, to go... Now he's learned what baby Chino is, and yeah. his little eyes light up. When he used to go to the toilet and he was left with me, he'd be like, who is this? He'd be like, no, no. Unacceptable. And now he would still be like that. No, I'll come with you, Mum. But well, I'm the one who, like takes you away for days at a time that's all he knows or yeah. voice notes you because <laughs> you're always going I'm talking to Tony he's like stop <laughs> yeah
1: like, every time I start voice noting you he's like mum what are you doing and I'm talking <laughs> to Tony no and I usually cut it off and have to come back a bit later don't I <laughs>
0: well but the, cause speaking of the dragon horde oh yeah that's um, a bit of a that's, a, segue. that's my lead in that's a segue okay. than mine that didn't make sense <laughs> The Dragon Horde is, because I've got new shelves, because, again, I've talked about this for the last two episodes now. I have a new desk situation, mm-hmm. which means I have a new shelving situation, because I've lost some storage. But you can now see my classics better than mm-hmm. when they were in the floaty boxes. Yeah, so much better, because I can read um, the titles, whereas yeah. before they were kind of in shadow. Yeah, um, really, like, floating shelves are cool, in theory, but actually not very practical, just an FYI. Have you read Les no. It's it a very big book. Big, big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks big. <laughs> mm, it's big, it's like 1800s language. Yeah. Unless you're
1: being forced to read it for school or something with some, like,. It's oh, yes, yes, one of those ones that like, I yeah.
0: like, oh, I should read. It's always been on my should reads. My granddad did read it. And he was like, yeah, you should read it. And yeah, like, oh. but the thing is, your granddad didn't have, like, fantasy smart. No. That wasn't a thing. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's not something you discuss with your granddad, I do think. Well, I'm just saying it wasn't really a thing. He <laughs> <it. laughs> was a sailor. Who knows? <laughs> oh, he might have read, like, kraken, tentacle porn, uh, I mean, mermaids, sirens. He was afraid of, like, snakes. Because like, he saw, like, a giant snake in the sea.
1: It was so he's been like scared of snakes.
0: Yeah. That's what he used to warm me up with when he was when I was younger. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so <laughs> There's Enough, enough about, about your granddaddy reading porn. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Sorry mum if you listen to uh, this. I wake myself up. <laughs> uh, so you can see the many great complete collections I have of classics. And they really pretty. The Jane Austen one is so pretty. Yeah, that's the
1: one I always look at. Although those um, are like Snowflakes or whatever. I, mm. I often think you've tipped them on to begin with and then I realise it's part of the pattern. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which
0: which book that's like referring to, the Snowflakes, but meh. Mm. But you could see I've got like a really old copy of Tom Brown's School yeah. Days. I've got that m- book of like Milton's poet- poetical works. That is from nineteen oh eight. Well they the ones you
1: got from Oxfam? Yeah, and yeah. it's like it was printed on like Bible paper, oh.
0: like that kind oh, of that
1: really paper that's thin really really thin, but somehow doesn't rip. Yeah, like my planner, my very expensive planner.
0: You've mm. <laughs> been double the planner? It on. <laughs> so the reason I'm talking about my classics being out and about is we decided to do another classics episode. <laughs> so the first one we did was like classics I believed a modern reader could enjoy. And my reasons for believing that. Today we're just doing like a general kind of overview of classics that are like bucket list classics that everyone says everyone is supposed to read. And have I read them? What did I think? Oh, I can't
1: wait to hear a load that I'm like, I I want to read that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I was surprised how many of them I was aware of or had read or had come like come in contact with i've not read as
1: many as i
0: always plan to i've not read as
1: many as my bookshelf will
0: tell you i've read it's just i can read other things so much faster like fairy (laughs) smart they're the ones that like call to you yeah but i have i used to sprinkle them in a bit more anyway so i decided to look up what makes a classic literature classified as classic because I always
1: see people saying that like, this will be a classic one day. I yeah, believe.
0: well, you have got the whole series as well of modern classics, which again is a mostly a Penguin thing as well. So Penguin modern classics actually refers to like books from like the nineteen twenties to like nineteen sixties era. Oh, the golden age, kind of. Yeah, it's actually that's what they call modern classics, and that's mm. you know that set that's the blue covers that I have. Yeah, those yeah, are yeah. that's the modern classics set.
1: So, it's not actually modern.
0: But there's a lot of crossover between that and classic authors, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but,
1: like, people discuss things like how they believe, like, I don't know if this is reaching, but some people are like, I believe Twilight will be considered a classic at some point. You know, like, this kind of stuff. I think.
0: Stuff. So, it's. I have the real definition here, but yeah. it's something. Say what you want about Twilight. It did start a genre. That's why I like I can imagine people... Same as Harry Potter. It started a genre of fiction. I can imagine people, like,
1: you know, critically delving into them mm. in an academic setting in the future. Well, Harry Potter what it was classic?
0: just being added to curriculum bef- when I left university yeah. because it started an era of fiction exactly. and it revived children's literature and children's fantasy literature for an entire generation. So, it changed reading. So, yeah, so that would... Be Uh, It's already starting to be studied That would
1: be a classic As a phenomenon in
0: Yeah Mm. But But, yeah, you tell me the definition Okay, the actual definition To be generally agreed upon a classic Works meet some common high standards for quality, appeal, longevity and influence So it must Express artistic quality. Classic literature is is an expression of life, truth, and beauty. It must be of high artistic quality, at least for the time in which it was written. Although different styles will come and go, a classic can be appreciated for its construction and literary art. It may not be a bestseller today due to pacing and dated language, but you can learn from it and be inspired by its prose. Mm. And then it has other... We're going to go for it?
1: Um, What, just the titles?
0: I can read the titles or actually explain it. I'll read the titles, and if you feel like it needs elaborating, we'll do that. Let's do that one. Okay, so the other things that it needs to have is stands the test of time, merits lasting recognition, essentially. So, would have influence on future generations. So... Yeah. yeah. Twilight technically yes, would fall into that, definitely. and so would Harry Potter. It has universal appeal. Great works of literature touch readers to the very core, partly because they integrate themes that are understood by readers from a wide range of backgrounds and levels of experience. So, although a lot of <laughs> classic fiction is white aristocracy, yeah. maybe the more human struggles of love, loneliness, friendship, those are the ones that are maybe They're more universal. relatable. Yeah. Yes, so I think that's where it's coming from here Makes connections um, So classics are always informed By the history of ideas and literature Whether unconsciously or specifically worked into the text Likewise classic will inspire other writers who come afterwards And you can trace how their works are influenced Through time and down through the following decades So That's things like The Red Room As a good example mm-hmm. of that where that's still appearing in horror fiction today The Woman yeah. in White Those kind of tropes yeah. We'll call them tropes, but... Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Those kind of things. Relevant to multiple generations is another thing that makes it a classic. So, yeah, it's just like, regardless of whether it's they start to feel less accessible, especially, especially to younger students, it's about how the scenes within them can stand the test of time. Uh-huh. So, Jane Eyre was about a lonely girl who falls for a man who's dark and brooding and mysterious... She's about her wanting to have rights as a woman in her own, on her own. Definitely stands the test of time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, it's about a poor, plain orphan girl and like, yeah, kind of how society treats her. Twilight is about, you know, not like other girls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's still about love, loneliness. guess we can stretch it a little bit give it some more depth. (laughs) Okay. So I found this there was a lot of classic bucket list lists of course. And they're all very long. Yeah. So we're not gonna so Penguin has one that there's their top hundred, which I'm gonna later I'm just gonna like rattle through all the hundred like one after the other. you You can do that. Yeah. I have faith in myself, but (laughs) I found one that was like a 25 bucket list, and it was on quite a few lists, like loads of these, so I decided to go with it. Yeah, okay. Okay, so obvious one for the list, Great Gatsby, by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Annoyingly, Mm -hmm.
1: I have done very well avoiding any kind of spoilers for this story, I have it on my shelf, so I've never watched... If I have the book on my shelf, I won't watch the film until I've watched it, regardless of how long it's been on my shelf or Mm -hmm. regardless of how long the films came out. Um, And then it got spoiled in a different book where they were were learning about Great Gatsby at school.
0: Mm. And I was like, okay, thanks. (laughs) So, I will preface this by saying I did not enjoy this book that much and I don't know why it gets so much hype. This exemplary novel of the jazz age has been acclaimed by generations of readers the story of the fabulously wealthy Jay Gatsby and his love for the beautiful Daisy Buchanan of lavish parties on Long Island at a time when the New York Times noted Jim was the national drink and sex the national obsession is an exquisitely crafted tale of America in the 1920s.
1: Maybe people like it because it just captures the time so well. I
0: think so. Like,
1: And it's a story of like obsession, right? Which so, we all love, a story of obsession.
0: Yeah, it's it's unrequited love, all that kind of stuff. Basically, Jay Gatsby was... Fancy's Daisy. Fancies Daisy. Knew him before he had his money. He kind of disappears for a while and then comes back under a different name with all this wealth. And he has all these different stories that he tells about how he got the wealth. And we never really find out the truth exactly. But this guy who's our like narrator moves in next door to him and he's just, like, a quiet writer, I think. Yeah, he just takes it all in. And Gatsby just basically takes a liking to him and starts inviting him to all the parties and stuff. And mm-hmm. then they become friends outside of the parties. Because there's loads of people... He was going to Gatsby's parties and these people didn't even know who the host was. Like, they didn't care. Just going
1: They didn't matches. even know what
0: Gatsby looked like, that yeah. kind of thing. And it was all to try and attract the attention of Daisy across the dock with the green light. So the green light is something that's snuck in across... It's a symbolism for a lot of things that people just don't really know what it means, but they just—it's like a subconscious thing. Yeah. yeah, and then it's all very tragic because she didn't know he was there, and then she gets married, and she's not happy in her marriage, and he's having an affair the man she's married to, and it's all very tangled, and it's just about their shenanigans. <laughs> um, there we go then. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's fine. I Don't mm, get the overhype. It's a very self aggrandizing if you know, does that make That's sense? That's what people
1: want classics to be, because they think they should be. But
0: Gatsby himself is very self aggrandizing like, uh, sad so boy maybe those,
1: maybe those people that are really, like, boning mm. classics all the time can see themselves in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because he is the ultimate, like... Oh, we almost got married, but I was a poor man and I came mm. back as a rich man, but I found you too late and blah blah blah.
1: For a vampire in the <laughs> Make it interesting.
0: <laughs> but I mean the f- the film is really good for the whole the party aspect of it. And they use modern music but made into jazz. Which like I thought was quite predicting. cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I quite like that. The film is a fairly good representation of the book, so if you don't want to read the book just watch the film. The film is bloody long, so it's just as much of a commitment. <laughs> The book is only, like, 100 pages, yeah. The book is only 100-ish pages.
1: Feels like 10 years.
0: I don't know why. Just didn't... didn't capture... Let's see. Maybe maybe something else will. (laughs) Um, I don't know. About the next one we're about to look at, I've also read, and I didn't have a (laughs) very good opinion of. (laughs) So, another one on this top 25 bucket list is The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger.
1: I have this. I have not read it.
0: I have read it. So... I'm going to read the synopsis of you and then tell you my thoughts. (laughs) It's Christmas time and Holden Coalfield has just been expelled from yet another school. Fleeing the crooks at Pensey Prep, he pinballs around New York City seeking solace in fleeting encounters, shooting the ball with strangers in dive hotels, wandering alone around Central Park, getting beaten up by pimps and cut down by erstwhile girlfriends. The city is beautiful and terrible in all its neon loneliness and seedy glamour. Its mingled sense of possibility and emptiness... Holden passes through it like a ghost, thinking of always of his kid sister Phoebe, the only person who really understands him, and his determination to escape the phonies and find a life of true meaning. Um.
1: Isn't the love interest in After called Holden? I what? wonder if that was inspired by Catching
0: uh, My opinion is, if you find a man who says this is his favourite book, run red flag massive red flag i think it's meant to be quite psychological and it is like a study in narcissism basically like the main character is so narcissistic mm. he treats women terribly and the entire book is just him self-aggrandizing again his sad boy theme <laughs> sad boy tm walking around saying he's so misunderstood he's very right. Isn't that, like Edward from Twilight? Hang
1: on, <laughs> hang on, hang on. It's all it's all Twilight it's coming
0: round. <laughs> it will be a classic. You know, he's done all this like shady shit at school, into women, and it's all about like how it's not his fault, and like oh. he's and he's like his thoughts are very ping pongy, and it is just this like stream of conscious nonsense about his brain, his life. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just him. It is him just wandering around, meeting various people, talking shit. <laughs> and I think
1: not not psychological, up my list, got to say
0: Psychologically, could be quite interesting because it is it is a narcissist basically walking around. Yeah, this is why I say if a boy likes this, if he relates to him at all.
1: or oh no, oh no, yeah, it's like if a guy's favorite director is Quentin Tarantino, I just be like, okay, thank you very. <laughs> So yeah. Or Michael Bay, run.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just it's one of those ones that's like if you've got the time, again it's quite a short book. It's nice to read. It has a massive influence on books later down the line, but I wasn't a fan. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so next one I've also read, but a very long time ago, so I don't really remember it. Mm. <laughs> Animal Farm by George Orwell. <gasps> You read it. I love read it, did
1: you? Yeah.
0: I thought it was alright.
1: I really enjoyed it. It's got pigs in it. I
0: loved it. <laughs> <laughs> alright, so let me read the, what it is. All animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. A farm is taken over by its over worked mistreated animals. With flaming idealism and stirring slogans, they set out to create a paradise of progress, justice, and equality. Thus, the stage is set for one of the most telling, satiric fables ever penned, a razor-edged fairy tale for grown-ups that records the evolution from (sighs) revolution... Honestly, whoever wrote this, I hate you. (laughs) The fact I got through the rest of that without stumbling over it. Never wrote it.
1: Never read it out loud. Yeah.
0: The evolution from revolution against tyranny to totalitarianism... just as terrible. When Aminal Farm was first published, Stun Russia was seen as its target. Today it's devastatingly clear that wherever and whenever freedom is attacked, under whatever banner, the cutting-edge clarity and savage corromany of Georgia was masterpiece as a meaning and message still ferociously fresh. Fucking hell. <laughs> it's a novella. It's very
1: short. It's, it's very short.
0: I think it's worth picking up because it's a really good example of propaganda it's a good example of the how oppression can begin how oppression works how oppression is justified and how power dynamics come into play yeah it's it's good to see you can see how things
1: can sneak up on you if you're not attention.
0: I mean, that that slogan of, like, all animals are born equal, but some are more equal than others, that's essentially the Tory government's slogan. (laughs) We're not going to rent again, but I'm just saying (laughs) if they ever did have a slogan, that that would be it. it. (laughs) Unless you're rich, white, middle to upper classes. Oh, did you see that I shared it on my Instagram
1: stories, The Guardian did an article about how privilege. Um, oh yeah, you saved the privileged white boys Privileged, yeah. uh, privately educated boys Are now being oppressed <laughs> Due to like Culture wars against them or something And I was like, oh yeah, poor them
0: Oh, poor baby uh, Poor baby white
1: boys go, go sit
0: on your Two million pound estate and cry
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go kill some foxes for fun
0: Anyway
1: <laughs> <sighs> Not gonna rent. Right. No, but we're anyway. gonna do this because we're we're on a mission today.
0: All right. Next in this list There's twenty-five books on this list, so I'm not sure we're gonna make it. But Weathering anyway. <laughs> Heights by Emily Brunty. have read, did not like.
1: <laughs> I think we don't so much more than that.
0: We've
1: discussed this before, haven't we?
0: I mean, it's like it's given this whole like romantic sort of red-tinted glasses, like, rose-tinted glasses, that I don't understand. Because I don't think, when you know the history of Emily Bronte and all them, I don't think she meant it to be romantic. Because none of it is positive examples of romantic mm. love. It's obsessive love. It's love that kills. And then people, like, take quotes from it and put it on Valentine's cards. And I'm like... Like, wedding
1: readings Yeah. And stuff.
0: Well, like the, if I killed you, haunt me then. And that's, like, meant to be so romantic and... Don't feel romance from that. Yeah, basically like I'll read the synopsis, um, rather than giving you my half remembered version. One second. This entire Goodreads introduction is literally just explaining the edition. <laughs> um that's not oh, helpful. That's hilarious. <laughs> Alright, Wikipedia. <laughs> Wethering Heights is an eighteen forty seven novel by Emily Bronte initially published on her pen name Ellis Bell. It concerns the two families of the landed gentry living on the West Yorkshire moors, the Earnshaws and the Lintons, and their turbulent relationship with Earnshaw's foster son Heathcliff. Oh, is that where Heathcliff comes? From? Yeah, this is Heathcliff. Novel was influenced oh, by Romanticism and sorry, you're right. Yeah, just, just pregnancy pain. I was trying
1: to move
0: and I'm dead make... to move. I didn't
1: realise I was going to make a noise out loud. <laughs> just <laughs> <swinging> my legs. <laughs> Proceed. You right? Can I get you in? As right as can I can. Be? As yeah, go on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> 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 Weathering is now considered a cl- classic of English literature, but contemporaneous reviews were polarised. Oh it was controversial for its depictions of mental and physical cruelty and for its challenges of to Victorian morality, religious and societal values. I mean, there's a bit where a dude gets into a casket with his dead ex and cries and hugs her, and that happens nightly.
1: I assumed you were going to go down a different route there.
0: No, yeah, he well, literally... To a lot of true He literally digs up her corpse and lies with it. Yeah. I mean, it's a Victorian novel, so they're not going to say necrophilia, but... Did you see what I mean? I don't think she ever meant for it to be romantic. That doesn't sound romantic. <laughs> that sounds like a true crime. And it's like to that the story of Heathcliff and the main female protagonist whose name I cannot remember. Um and also not mentioned in the uh Of course not. Why would Kathy, the
1: woman be Kathy. In, in why would the woman matter?
0: Because you know this like <sighs> it's me, it's Kathy, and I'll go home. That's Wethering Heights. It was written oh. for Wuthering Heights, the film. <laughs>
1: oh. Are we sure this isn't a horror?
0: Well, it's it's Bronte, so it's gothicy, horry, really. yeah. but it's it's been co-opted into something romantic, and I thoroughly disagree with that. So, because it's like a teeth crisp. Anything by like the Bronte sisters or
1: Jane Austen mm. or anything got always just deemed romance women's mm. drivel.
0: Yeah, and they weren't, but because they were, well, they were writing under pen names, and but they had were still female pen names, so it was written. By women, they were therefore just for women. And women can only read about romance. But it's like his story is told in retrospect while this new girl comes to be the bride of someone, like on the moors, and is like sad and lonely, and everyone's mean to her. And that's how these stories are kind of told. Mm. And so, yeah, mm, no. Mm. It's okay. It's again, if you've got time on your hands, sure. Honestly, I feel like my (laughs) bucket list, this bucket list of things you should read, is just me going, eh. Yeah. Dracula by Bram Stoker.
1: I've not read this, surprisingly.
0: (sighs) I have so many editions. Dracula is a novel by Bram Stoker, published in 1897. As an epistolary novel, the narrative is related through letters, diary entries, and newspaper articles. It has no single protagonist, but opens with solicitor Jonathan Harker taking a business trip to stay at a castle of a Transylvanian noble, Count Dracula. Harker escapes the castle after discovering that Dracula is a vampire, and the Count moves to England and the plague's the seaside town of Whitby.
1: Yeah! You were right. It.
0: A small group led by Abraham Van Helsing. Yeah. Hunt Dracula and, in the end, kill him.
1: I have been to the Dracula experience in Whitby, so
0: that is why. Ah! <laughs> yeah, I kind of forgot I ended up being in that town. Have you read it?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay, because when you were talking about it, it was like you...
0: I had read it, but it's it's, it's hard going, though, because there are pages and pages of just kind of, like philosophical, religious chats on, you know, their Christian duty to slay this evil and that kind of stuff and, like, Mina's soul and... so. the you...
1: line? Vampires are hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so if you ignore that, the story is quite good. So, like, yeah. basically, this lawyer dude goes to Dracula's castle and it's relayed through a series of letters between him and, me, and Mina, his wife, and basically it's him going like slowly like going like something's not right to the point of where he sees like creepy vampire creature crawling up the sides of the castle and he's like almost lizardy described
1: i think there's something wrong here mina yeah <laughs> just saw something
0: and then he gets back and then he won't talk about it and then she's kind of left with this whole mystery of like okay my husband's like traumatized and then she gets in touch with the vampire hunter Van Helsing. yes and then there's also some guy in an asylum who has been like influenced by Dracula, which we come to, and he's like a famous thing. it appears we didn't have the, the
1: religious stuff. This sounds really fun and I was surprised when I Because I've got a couple of additions, mm. and they're all really big, and I was like, "Why are they so big?
0: Yeah, so like no they're they're not married yet because Mina shares a room with her friend who her friend gets taken over by Dracula, basically, and they get Van Helsing's help like too late and she becomes like a she vampire, basically like like a slave. No, as well, because she, but I, she's cool. not like as whereas Mina's a good Christian woman. But then it's it starts to come for he starts to come for her. It's about them trying to like save Mina's soul, and there's like a chase through the countryside, like the, the moors and no, not the moors. It's back in Transylvania. Transylvania. And there's like wolves that he commands that hunt there. So there's like a there's like a car chase, but like horse and Cart. Car I'm jays. going
1: to read it and then I'm going to re-release it without the religious stuff
0: yeah so I, I there's just lots of it's I mean it's an 1800s book so there's lots of like long talky
1: prose yeah, I'm going to get rid of all that and just re-release
0: it um, but the actual story itself if you took that stuff out would be quite interesting and I can imagine at the time it was quite sensational I have just thought
1: of a book that I need to tell you about but I'll tell you All right. Actually, okay. It's related are you going
0: to remember <laughs> 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 yes um, oh my god this isn't going as quickly as I thought this is just a long episode <laughs> oh yeah this has backfired on me enormously <sighs> Crime and Punishment Dost- Dostoy Fidor Dostoyevsky this is a big book isn't it that's all I know about it it's not that chunky no. for how well known it is now for, I have this much as I've read it on Goodreads I don't remember
1: reading it <laughs> you're like yeah sure why not
0: I probably did for uni because Dostoevsky was on the syllabus on the syllabus thank you but
1: I did maybe... a little circular motion with
0: my hands then for syllabus
1: maybe <laughs> you didn't read the whole thing but maybe you had like snippets that you had to read in class or something
0: and you were like that's enough I've got the idea I don't know I definitely read some other Dost- Dostoevsky and I was like I don't understand anything that's happening
1: <laughs> so maybe you just deleted it from your brain
0: Um ok crime and punishment yeah Uh res- Raskinnikov. Let <laughs> me when it's i 25 books. Episodes. Yeah, <laughs> I can't look up how to say all these things. No. A des- destitute and desperate. Fo- Whoever is writing these descriptions on Goodreads needs to sort their shit out. Alright, alliteration is fine, but come on now. No. A destitute and desperate former student wanders through the slums of St. Petersburg and commits a random murder without remorse or regret. He imagines himself to be a great man, and Napoleon acting for higher purpose beyond conventional moral law. But as he embarks on a dangerous game of cat and mouse with a suspicious police investigator, Raskolnikov is pursued <laughs> by the growing voice of his conscience and finds the noose of his own guilt tightening around his neck. Only Sonia, a downtrodden sex worker, can offer the chance for redemption.
1: Of course she's a sex worker. I mean, Women can only be sex workers or wives. Mm-hmm. virginal seem to be wives
0: but I don't know she's his redemption so at least he's not trying to redeem her as a murderer I think
1: I may have killed people, but you
0: are a whore that's <laughs> how <laughs> well, so long these books go one <laughs> well, is considered a worse crime. get your whore hands away from me
1: <laughs> <laughs> my hands are just covered in blood
0: <laughs> yeah so I not sure if I read this Honestly, if you did, it didn't make an impact anyway. I think it might be one of those things I had to get through enough of to be able to talk about it in a class, and then I was like, I'm not going to write this about this in an essay. Absolutely not. Why make Red. my life more difficult? <laughs> so, Adventures of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. I never wanted to read this. I really liked them. Yeah. And I read them as a child, because they were written for children, like, obviously, 1800s I've children. I've watched, like, Simpsons parodies of it. It's um, Antebellum America, so post- Mm, what's the word I'm looking for? The war thing. No. <laughs> <I'm cute. laughs> the war thing. I was like, post... Post civil war after the abolishment, quite works, of the slave trade in America. But this is written set before that, but it's written after that. hmm Does well, that make sense? So the adventure of Tom story revolves around the youthful adventures of the novel's schoolboy protagonist, Thomas Sawyer, whose reputa- reputation precedes him for causing mischief and strife, Tom lives with his aunt Polly, half brother Sid, and cousin Mary in the quaint town of St. Petersburg, just off the shore of the Missi- Mississippi River. St. Petersburg is described as a typical small town atmosphere with Christian faith, where Christian faith is predominant. The social no- network is close knit, and the fat, thin, and, fam- and familiarity resides. What? That's was not a there, sentence.
1: Wasn't Crime
0: and Punishment set in St. Petersburg as well? No, it was Russian Superior. Oh, I
1: was wondering, yeah.
0: A lot of places in America things, yeah. I
1: know. Because I, the whole time of you talking about Crime and Punishment, I was like, oh, in Russia. Yeah, that's in and Russia. And then when you mentioned this, I was like... This
0: is Mississippi, there. Russia. I didn't
1: know there was a St. Petersburg in America. No, I didn't know. Um, But of course there was.
0: Punish... blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, Unlike his brother Sid, Tom receives lickings from his aunt Polly. Ever the mischief maker would rather play hooky than attend school and often sneaks out of his bedroom window at night to adventure with his friend Huckleberry Finn, the town's social outcast. Tom, despite his dread of schooling, is extremely clever and would normally get away with his pranks if Sid were not such a tattletale. As punishment for... Fucking Yeah, fucking Sid. (laughs) As punishment for skipping school to go swimming, Aunt Polly assigns Tom the chore of whitewashing the fence around the house. Mm. In a brilliant scheme, Tom is able to con the neighbourhood boys into completing the chore for him, managing to convince them of the joys of whitewashing. At school, Tom is equally as flamboyant and attracts attention by chasing other boys, yelling and running around. With his usual antics, Tom attempts to catch the eye of Becky Thatcher, a new girl in town, and persuades her to get engaged by kissing him. But their romance collapses when he learns she learns that Tom's engaged previously to Amy Lawrence. Shortly after, Becky... Oh, my God.
1: Is this just the whole book? Yeah, like, what? I, I started I to, to give up with that. No, yeah, no, that's not... <laughs> that like, I'm not going to read it now if you're me with the whole thing. Jeez. Be.
0: Silly thing. Yeah, I like this. I liked The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, which is a book that comes afterwards as well. That's the one where they go into tunnels and that gave me nightmares. <laughs> so, oh, I remember you talking about that. Yeah. So I think they're going to the tunnels in Tom Sawyer. I think that's Huckleberry Finn. Okay. Who is who is writing the Goodreads introductions? Jeez, can you stop it, please? <laughs> Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, Chronicles of Narnia. Did you C.S. know, Lewis.
1: just quickly, mm-hmm. did you know that authors can't even change them?
0: Really? Mm.
1: Who writes them? Good race people? Um, volunteers. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Um. So I have read the entire Chronicles of Nadia seri- Na- Nadia, Narnia. Narnia series. I've
1: read Magician's Nephew mm-hmm. and the s- second one?
0: Chronicles of Narnia. I thought that was the third one. The Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe is the second one. Magician's ne- Nephew is the first one.
1: I've only read the first one
0: then. Because Magician's Nephew is where he gets the apple and that, that becomes the tree that gets chopped down and turned into a cupboard. And then...
1: The I just remember them being in the
0: attic going through doors. Yeah. That's what so I that's remember. that's how... And then he brings back an apple to like cure his mum who's sick mm-hmm. and then plants the apple into a tree. And then those apples are like magic apples until that tree gets cut down and ah. made into a cupboard. And it's the son of that guy who has the cupboard that these kids then go into.
1: Right, ho In
0: The Lion, of the Wardrobe. I have the set. It's all very biblical. It's like Adam and Eve apple crap, of course it is. It's all very symbolic, actually. Um... <laughs> so Narnia, the land beyond the wardrobe door, a secret place frozen in an eternal winter, a magical country waiting to be set free. Lucy is the first to find the secret of the wardrobe in the professor's mysterious old house. At first, her brothers and sisters don't believe her when she tells them of the visit. To the land of Narnia, but soon Edmund, then Peter, and Susan step through the wardrobe themselves. In Narnia, they find a country buried under the evil enchantment of the White Witch, where they meet the lion Aslan, and they realize they've been called to a great adventure and bravery to join the battle to free Narnia from witch's sinister spell. Um, Boom. And so As Aslan is Jesus, just so you know. There's a symbolism there. Yeah. So the first book is like. Adam and Eve, blah blah yeah, blah, yeah. and the second book is all about Jesus. So there's some. I've often
1: thought that Jesus was a lion. Yeah, a talking lion. I think that they're fun adventures, right? Just for kids I, to work,
0: read. I recommend them. I think they'll still be as a modern reader, maybe a bit more hard going because they are still a classic book, but they're all right. They're relatively short. I don't want there's to hold my son mm-hmm.
1: I like the film. We have started an audiobook, me and my son, mm-hmm. that we listen to in the car, and we started Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh no! Nice. Yeah, and we're about forty minutes in, and after about fifteen minutes, I was like,
0: "Yes, like
1: really fat phobic language and stuff." Yeah, <laughs> <Yep, it laughs> <is. laughs> yeah.
0: Augustus Gloop. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, when they're describing him, I was just like, "This makes me feel." So... These mm. are all words that I did not use around my son. And that's the problem when you read like older stuff mm, to kids. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna like reading something different.
0: <laughs> okay, so our next one is Call of the Wild um, slash White Fang by Jack London. Uh, I have this. I haven't read it though. Okay. It was one of those ones I've always wanted to read. <laughs> Call of the Wild tells the story of Buck, a domestic dog who was kidnapped from his home in California and forced to pull sleds in an arctic wasteland. White Fang, by contrast, is the tale of a crossbreed who is three quarters wolf and a quarter dog, and you must endure considerable suffering in the wilderness before being tamed by an American and taken to live in California. So they're all written from the point of view of a dog. That sounds cute. It's all about wilderness and freedom and all these kind of things. I liked
1: Homeward bounds. That was about dogs
0: watch anything with a dog in it, it makes me cry Oof. I regret my commitment to go read all of the synopsis of these books yeah
1: I think we should not <laughs> yeah
0: Moby. they tell me
1: too much about the story and then I don't even
0: want to read it Moby Dick um, Oh, Melville about, Herman
1: it's about a man's obsession with his penis or
0: oh, something right uh, no he was basically a dude who like learned a bunch of whale facts and he was like sick now I can write a whale book and then wrote one <laughs>
1: I, me and my son every night are reading a couple of animals from an anthology.
0: Yeah.
1: Maybe I could just go and Yeah, just, a book just about read
0: whales. a book about whales. It's meant to be a classic. I don't know. I've got it. I haven't read it. It's, it's a long-ass bit. killing a whale, hey?
1: That's it. That's all we need to know. Let's just move on. Is it long? How long does it take to kill
0: a whale? I don't know. I guess
1: it, like, can swim underwater away from you. So it's um, about obsession.
0: Eerie-compelling madman pursuing an holy war against a creature as vast and dangerous, unknowable and as the sea itself. Holy war? Unholy war.
1: Oh. Unholy war? Un- unholy war. <laughs> I don't, know
0: how, get, I don't know how you get an unholy war with a whale. Yeah, like,
1: what? <laughs> what that <laughs>
0: whale ever do to you? Um. So, to kill a mockingbird, Lee Harper. I have read. No, I've not read. I really enjoyed it as much as you can enjoy something about that. So that's mm. set in the Deep South. It's about a, it's told from the point of view of a little girl, dad's a lawyer, and he decides to represent a black man who's Mm. been accused of attempting to rape a girl. And that was a punishment that I think would be prison for life. Yeah. Wasn't death, but, um, basically. She's not going
1: to survive prison though, is it?
0: No. She was just interested in him, got caught, claimed rape. And so it's, it's the whole town knows it's a lie.
1: Standards for that time. And
0: they hate the dad who is white for representing for him, pursuing it, and for doing it properly as well. Because they were like, why do you even bother? He's gonna get convicted. Like why why go through this? You know why are you helping the man who's black rather than rather than the white girl? And he's like, what well, everyone, like everyone deserves. A fair trial. I'm going to do my damn hardest to make sure he's got a fair trial. But it's all told from the little girl's point of view who doesn't really understand what she's listening to. I know, and that sounds interesting. So the whole To Kill a Mockingbird thing is to do with... So it's um, like, has it
1: got like a bit of a kind of naive touch to
0: it because she's yes. not quiet. She's hearing things adults are saying but not really understanding what yeah. they're saying. But the whole To Kill a Mockingbird thing is, like, her brother likes to shoot blue jays and her dad says, shoot all the blue jays you want, but don't kill a mockingbird, because they don't hurt anyone. Basically, blue jays are, like, really destruct- destructive, apparently, but mockingbirds aren't, and he's like, that's why it's a sin to kill a mockingbird. And obviously that's symbolic of, he was harmless, this man, so it's a sin to kill. It's, it was all, It's banned in lots of places in America, yeah. so I think people understand the message. Uh, Jane, no, Eyre. but it's
1: banned because it's got the N word in it. Yes. So it's not even That's for, like, the excuse for banning reason. it. Yeah.
0: Not that I'm justifying the use of that word in a book.
1: No, but if it was, if it it's was con- the in- language of that time and it makes It's contextually sense.
0: appropriate. Yeah. Not that it justifies it, but it's contextually appropriate. And also, you're disregarding the entire message of the book Exactly. in favour of censoring this one word, which could be censored, there are ways to teach it without using it. Um, Anyway, I have feelings about censoring books like that. Um, So next on the list is Jane Eyre, which I've talked about in depth in the books that I think a modern reader could enjoy, because I do think you could enjoy this as a modern reader, Jane Eyre. Yeah,
1: and you made it sound intriguing and I was like, I'm going to read that and yep. I still haven't. It's
0: a gothic, it's a gothic romance. <sighs> That's what made me think like, you said gothic and I was like, ah. There's um. lots of mystery as well and like, it has quite a feminist ending for the time, mm-hmm. I felt, because she kind of ends up in a position of almost being in charge because of something that happens to Mr. Rochester remember, that kind yeah, of makes him say. a bit weaker. Um, so she does marry the. It's like as feminist as it could be. time. Yes. she does marry the man, and have babies, but she's also kind of like running the show, and gets her own way and becomes. She's like the whole thing is like the quote of like I'm not an automaton of free, and, and being blah blah blah. So that's Queen. Yeah, Christmas Carol, Charles um, Dickens. I have
1: this. I've like an illustrated version. I, I mean, I've seen you know many adaptations of it.
0: Yes, I'm not going to go into kind of what well, that's about because that's quite well known. I'm, I've never read it, but it's quite short, so I would like to.
1: Um, I recently mm. watched like the Mickey and Daffy and
0: Goofy <laughs> version with my son.
1: <laughs> that sounds right? Um, that I like the
0: Muppets version.
1: <laughs> I've not introduced him to Muppets because what about if he likes it and we have to watch Muppets all the time?
0: No yeah. Checking. Maybe just Muppets, Christmas Carol in the context of Christmas?
1: Muppets treasure island. He doesn't
0: need to know there's other Muppets though. You're in control of that information. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. So, this one I am going to explain because it's one I didn't know what it's about. Fahrenheit 451, Ray Bradbury.
1: Is that the one that's about uh, Big Brother?
0: Yeah, kind of. Guy Montag is a fireman. His job is to destroy the most illegal of commodities, the printed book, yeah. along with houses in which they are hidden. Montag never questions the destruction and ruin his actions produce. Returning each day to his bland li- life and wife, Mildred, who spends all day with her <laughs> with her television family, quote marks, when he meets an eccentric young neighbour, Clarisse who introduced him to a past where people didn't live in fear and to a present where one sees the world through the ideas of, in books instead of mind chatter of television. Montag begins to question everything he has ever known.
1: I think I was thinking of Brand New World. Mm. But I remember, yeah.
0: I think 1984 is what you're thinking of. Yeah. That's the big brother
1: one. All of which I have.
0: I think this are got... Married. Turn into a modern film, you know, with a different twist. Mm-hmm. That was a neo-actor <laughs> Matrix.
1: Keanu Reeves.
0: Keanu Reeves, he's in it? And they're like, they all have to take a drug that makes them have no emotions, and they're not allowed to I have really any art as film. a result. E-
1: equilibrium. I'm equilibrium. And that's that the sounds with, like that's the same plot the to puppy, me, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And that's what.
1: And also, Keanu Reeves is just a god.
0: Mm-hmm. He is Bay. Mm. Little Women. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. not read it. I've not seen
1: any of the films because I want to read the books first.
0: <laughs> I really liked the film that came out recently. Yeah. However, I can The can't... cast looked great. Yeah, the cast is great. I quite liked how they portray the characters. I cannot watch it without making me sob, however. So I don't get to watch it very often.
1: <laughs> I really want to watch it. I've got to read the books.
0: I mean, that's... Because it covers the entire storyline yeah. of the, the four books. I know so. so many people that went in
1: only reading the first book and yeah. then came out and was like... Oh, but it, it 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 said more, and I was like, yeah, it's the whole series. Yeah, it's
0: like... yeah. It would have been cool if they'd to split out. Well, did you research?
1: All your...
0: There was also a bunch of BBC films that were made of the series before, and they're quite. I quite liked them when I, I was younger. Don't have Timothy Chalamet in my life. No, Chalamet Bing Bong. Yeah, <laughs> and the speech as well that Florence Pugh does, which I love. Mm, I've heard it as a TikTok sound. Yeah. I'm just a Um, woman. We
1: stand at Florence Pugh. I love
0: Florence Pugh. Emma Watson. Timothy Chalamet. And the actress
1: Saoirse. Like her, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's just a fabulous cast. And you know the speech she does, like, um, I don't know if you've heard it because it's not gone around as much, but she does a speech of, like, I believe women are, like, free and independent beings and deserve to have that. She said, but I am lonely. And it's, like, a conflict of, like, she's lonely and wants to be married, but she doesn't want to be owned, kind of join the club love (laughs) Um, which is if you like know the history of Louise May Alcott and like the pressure she was under to get married and like to marry off her protagonist and all of it it's quite yes they did their research with that show 1984 George Orwell banging yeah not read it (laughs) but (laughs) banging that's it you guys don't need to know anymore banging coming for someone who's not ready (laughs) Winston Smith is a young man who works in the Ministry of Truth come to people who transform this Life can. Com- oh, what I, what is with the way these things are written? Like I've not even read that wrong. Come two people who transform this life completely. One is Julia, whom he meets after she hands him a slip reading "I love you." The other one is O'Brien, who tells him, "We shall meet in the place where there is no darkness." The way in which Winston is betrayed by the one and against his own desires and instincts ultimately betrays the other makes a story of mountain drama and suspense. Who is writing these instructions? She's <laughs> Louise.
1: Story graph. Move to story graph, everyone.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh so we've got oh, Mice and Men, John Steinbeck Steinbeck. Did you you read that and I you have, liked it? Didn't I you? have
1: a uh what's the word they call it? I got a soft spot for this book. Yeah. I don't know. It just really made me feel things when I read it at school and I kind of love it. Can
0: you do a not
1: chip read it and recently or though? So it's in the oh. Past Day America. <laughs> 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 not sure which sort of time. And it follows Lenny and... I was going to say Carl, but that's Simpsons. Mm. Lenny and... I can't remember his brother's name, so probably not very good at this. And um, (laughs) they are brothers and they travel looking for work and they find work on a farm. Lenny is mentally
0: impaired. Okay.
1: They would have probably used the R word in this book. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. And then it kind of just follows their life on the farm. And Lenny does not know his strength and he ends up killing some puppies and
0: more. (laughs) I want the people who can't see us to know she just said the word killing some puppies was looking at me in the eye with a completely blank expression. So that was quite intimidating. (laughs) And
1: um, I remember the son of the farmer his wife is there as well, and he always has a glove that he wears. Loads of Vaseline underneath, and that's his wife's hand, like the hand of his wife. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> all right, nice. Um, yeah, that's all I can really remember. But I remember it really, it really hit me when I read it. Have you read it?
0: No. Oh, okay. It that wasn't was a, on my. It I'm was, sorry, I was on that the side that was of the, the Poor year that didn't it. description
1: that you got. All
0: right, you've, you've really sold it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this one came up on a bunch of lists, but I haven't heard of it. 100 Years of Solitude mm. by Gabriel Garcia Marquez.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have this on my Kindle library. Mm. No idea what it's well.
0: Um <laughs> The brilliant best-selling landmark novel that tells the story of the Benida family and chronicles the irreconcilable conflict between the desire for solitude and the need for love enrich in manuscript prose that comes to define an entire genre known as magical realism so I probably we should read it realism. yeah, yeah. Mm. there's probably one I should read Phantom of the Opera La Rue Gaston the opera,
1: is <laughs> inside, inside my, my mind. <laughs> um, I've never read it, never seen it. I've seen loads of parodies. Uh, I, I have books on my shelf that are retellings, mm. probably with a bit of smart.
0: Uh, there is a Terry Pratchett where he does a retelling <laughs> Oh, my God, amazing. Boom. So I went through a worry, really weird phase in my teenage years where I got obsessed with Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. Don't no. ask me why. Part oh, of
1: that sentence surprises
0: me. And that upsets me that, you thought, that it doesn't surprise you. But I don't know why. I just got really... You know the film? Yeah. The one with the actress... Yeah. What's her face?
1: I know, I know which one you
0: know. <laughs> the recent-ish film. Yeah, I got really into it. Went to see it as um, a surprise for, I think it was my 16th birthday. My mum got like a fancy car to take us to London and I went to see it in the West End with a bunch of friends. Mm. I've since seen it once more with my nana in recent years. I really love it. I love the songs, so I I, I assume I'm going to love it. I
1: don't know anything about it, but I feel mm. like the Phantom's misunderstood and he Mm, just needs some love. So... He, I would stand him in a book. <laughs>
0: basically, he is like he's from a circus. He's like a devil child, which back then was basically someone with a birthmark on their face, mm. so deformed. Yeah, but that was meant to be the devil's mark. It was like a thing. Yeah, and he was put in a circus, basically just to be looked at. And then the girl lets him go, and he grows up. In she's a ballerina, and she lets him go. Takes him back to the opera house, and he lives in the underground of the opera house, essentially alone his whole life. But surrounded by music and opera, and he kind of learns it.
1: Is um, the Hunchback of Notre Dame like, it, it I'm inspired not sure. by this?
0: <laughs> but so he grows up in the opera house, and this is like, this is not in the story, but this is some background. And then the main character girl, she's like a singing kind of, she's a ballerina that gets plucked out to sort of help out when the main actress is not the right word but the main singer the the, the the prima donna that's the word I'm <laughs> looking for the prima donna singer has a tantrum and walks out and she gets brought forward to like sing and it turns out she's been getting secret lessons from she the angel the music the um angel of music which is just the phantom hiding in a wall <laughs> which is why the terry patrick version is so funny oh, sorry
1: what is just
0: him in a wall yeah um, <laughs> She's like, it's the angel of music. There's
1: like funny stuff going
0: on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so she gets lessons from an angel on a wall, and that's fine. Um. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's <laughs> just casual stuff. And then she does really, really well. Everyone falls in love with her. Um, and then the phantom starts making demands because the opera house gets bought out by new owners who, who are like, I'm not following his demands. And they were like, Well, bad things happen if you don't. But he kind of kills people. Wait, so people know about him? And people know about the Phantom, but they don't know the Phantom's been teaching her and she doesn't tell anyone. <laughs> it sounds silly when you anything. say it like that. Huh? <laughs> it kills people. Uh, well, he makes demands, essentially, and if they're not met, then yeah, he does kill people. Okay, About how cool. he thinks the theatre should be run. Or, like, if a performance is being rehearsed and he doesn't like the way it's going, he'll make a demand about how it should be going. be going. <laughs> Stop laughing! <laughs> It's very dramatic. <laughs> and then he ends up abducting Christine, the main actress. Stop laughing! Um
1: <laughs> I, I'm gonna give you a little a little bit of knowledge. Yeah. Um you've probably never seen this film, The Candyman. No. It's
0: loosely based on Pandama Silver. Okay. Am I providing context that's making you laugh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, it just sounds hilarious. He sounds so dramatic. Yeah,
0: he it's just hilarious. <laughs> he wears like a half opera mask, which is like to cover yeah, the I need, the I need to. I, and... I
1: need to watch this now.
0: Anyway, it's all good because then she meets a boy that she knew before she came to the school as a ballerina, and they fall in love and want to get married. But the phantom's like, "This is my bitch," um, <laughs> and um, abducts her and stuff. But then she's like so nice and innocent and sweet. He's like, "I can't abduct you." <laughs> You're crying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know what it sounds so funny ah.
0: The songs are lovely <laughs> It's a very yeah. serious play by Andrew Lloyd Webber <laughs> Stop laughing uh. Anyway <laughs> I, I, I'm sad that you think I would have a pen in the opera face <laughs> Now we're laughing at it but anyway <laughs> Anyway Next. <laughs> Picture of Dorian Gray is next on our uh, list. Oscar Wilde.
1: I've talked about this way too much. Yeah, we
0: have talked about this a lot. Cursed painting that's all his sins. He stays beautiful but does, like, shady shit. And it's about the painting like haunting him. That's the short version. I quite like it. I quite like If you've got five minutes, Google some Oscar Wilde quotes. He was a baddie. Um
1: watch a film, here's
0: a hottie. Because <laughs> it was like, there was one quote he was out who was asked to name the five best books in the world and he was like, I can't have only written three. <laughs> <laughs> he also,
1: like, um, went to jail and did not give a shit. No. And, you
0: know, he, he was essentially openly gay, gay as well yeah. in a time when it was very bad mm. him to be so. Uh, next one is, we're on the home stretch, guys. A strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Hyde. Stephen ah, Robert louise Stevenson. I really want
1: to. Re- I think I own this as well. There's another one. I've mm. obviously watched many a retelling mm-hmm. sh- TV show or film.
0: I think that's relatively well known, so I'm not going to explain that one. It's
1: basically like The Incredible Hulk.
0: Yeah, sure, sort of. Of course, it's <laughs> <laughs> close enough. The Incredible Hulk is a retelling. <laughs> Doctor Jekyll. <and> <laughs> Uh, the Three mustate- Musketeers, the D'Artagnan romances. I've seen the film. Alexandra Dumas. I've never seen the film, never read the books. But I think they're meant to that's be it. quite a good, good set. Except there's actually four of them in the film. Huh.
1: I think there's four of them in the book as well. I think it's from the point of view of the fourth one, the one that wants to join the crew.
0: The War of the Worlds, H.G. Wells. No. Have it I want to read this It's a Uh long book And it is Hard going From what I've heard I want to Listen
1: to the radio adaptation That made people freak out
0: Mm. I mean it's It's quite At the time It was quite sensational Mm. And like Creepy And really Wigged people out Meant to be quite Wacky books I've never read Any H.D. Wells It's a fan of By the way Alright We've got two more books Okay Okay Okay. Um, Uh So there's actually This is a Twenty five and then I added two more that were on a bunch of other lists. The Wind and the Willows. Oh Kenneth Graham. I read this when I was a kid. I don't remember much about it. I just yeah. remember there's a toad and stuff. Mm-hmm. Rhythm. And our final one is War and Peace, Leo Toy Story. I also have it somewhere. And in one also of these shows A bit
1: of a huge one, isn't it? It's a bit of a huge Wait, one. Is
0: the it's meant to be quite dense prose.
1: Don Quixote, not on this.
0: Um He's on, like, the 50s lists, I don't know. Mm. There are a lot of, there's a lot of lists. I want to read the last one. Um, War and Peace. Yeah, have you read it? No. That would be be such a mission, I can't even bring myself to try. And I feel like it's one of those books that, like, if you put it down, Mm -hmm. it would
1: be quite a while before you picked it up again, and then you'd forget what happened.
0: I think I would make, it would just cost me so much just to (laughs) force myself to read it. It's not worth it. No. And then Penguin do have a list of their top 100. I was going to read it out. I'm not going to now because I'm losing the will to live. Good <laughs> <laughs> um, Goodreads. Jeez, those introductions were wow, horrible. I was looking for a couple lines. That's why I was like, ah, oh, this will be easy. And I could read a couple of lines about each book. And it's like... It gives you the whole story And also... Something. Three words beginning in F that have 12 syllables each. Like, can we just calm down and put down the thesaurus, all right? That's the way out. Yeah, the <laughs> out. Just because it's a classic book doesn't mean we need to write like classic yeah. authors when we introduce them. Yeah, you don't have to put people off.
1: Yeah, there's an indie author that I follow who's a YouTuber. Mm. And someone asked him on Twitter what the name of the third book was going to be. He's self-publishing. Mm. And he just made up a joke title which was obviously a joke and yeah. someone added it to goodreads is that oh, and god. he can't get it changed or removed
0: so if he was to go and put up the third book under the correct title there
1: will just be two listed as the third book in his series oh, now
0: god no that's bad <laughs> which is ridiculous
1: so story graphic. apparently it's <laughs> a made up title it was
0: like a
1: stupid title yeah, yeah.
0: Oh god, okay, that's something to learn to be careful about, dear yeah.
1: yeah, just made just a story graph bubble forever. So, that was a fun list. Thank you for the Phantom of the Opera It's
0: no joke, it's the actual story. It's very serious. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> but the the um, <clears throat> the um Terry Pratchett one where he does it. What is, is that part of Discworld or is it yeah. a stand? I want to say it's Carpe Jugulum, but I can't remember now. Or it's, no, it's not Carpe Jugulum. That's a complete lie. I cannot remember which one it is, but it's... and there's a, <laughs> a phantom in the wall that's teaching got to, to see. But the thing is, so basically, the witches lose the three. The it's one of the witches' stories. Basically, they lose their third witch because she goes and gets married, and they decide that this girl from the village, who's quite like homely and definitely has powers, is going to be their third witch. And she decides to run off to the opera to become an opera singer. But she's like a bigger girl. And then she gets there and there's all these like itty bitty ballerinas who she makes friends with who are all like dancers and she's there to be a singer. But they won't put her on the stage because she's like not skinny like the pretty girls. And the phantom means to get the waifish girl who can't sing, he's a ballerina, and acts against the big girl. And then it's about him, like, finding out he's been training the wrong person. But just, like, the Terry Pratchett, like, version of him training her through the wall is so funny. Oh, my God. She's brilliant. just like The main character's just like Well I'm not yeah. going to turn down Free singing lesson, like, yeah. <laughs> Even if it is a wolf And then she gets She obviously gets put on the stage And it's like goes off real- It's so funny oh, that sounds So maybe just read The two questions <laughs> 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 That can figure out What book I'm referring to Because I cannot remember oh, And then the witches Come for her And she's like No I'm not pressing singing now And then they find the man In the walls <laughs> It's all very good funny Good fun
1: I'm going to tell you about that book that I remembered yeah. earlier. I'm going to tell you now. Oh, I'm really okay. impressed you remember so, to say
0: it later. Yeah.
1: Do you remember that fire festival that happened a few yeah. years ago? Yeah. Okay. So, someone's done a. And I learned about this on. Remember, I said I went to like that Zoom thing where yeah. the author's talking about her upcoming books. And the author was on there talking about her book that was coming out. And this is one of them. Uh, uh, this was the book she was there to talk about. And it's called. Lord of the Fly Fest, and it's a retelling of Lord of the Flies, but at the Fire Festival.
0: <laughs> and it just sounds. I really so wish sad. I had taken a mouthful of water. <laughs> <Star. laughs>
1: <laughs> and she said that, like, they had to get it checked because she literally copies. Lord, yeah. like she was like it's a retelling but it's not a retelling it's
0: yeah. a well Lord of the Flies must be in like public domain by yeah, now yeah so it was fine yeah. for
1: today yeah and it's based at the fire Festival <laughs> so it's a bunch of influencers oh
0: god that's so at funny at this
1: island and all they have to eat are like the cheese sandwiches you know which yeah. the fire Festival will be watching <laughs> um, oh. and that comes out comes out soon because they were talking about recently I don't know if it's already come out but yeah sounds really so funny, sounds yeah. so funny. <laughs> oh, I'll send you the link so you can add it to your list or whatever but yeah oh, it just sounds so good I thought you'd enjoy that
0: yeah I did enjoy that I'm
1: surprised that. Lord of the Flies wasn't it'd probably be on the longer
0: list
1: fire mm. I'm going to look up. Lord of the Fly Fest. Did
0: you see that meme I shared on LinkedIn that was Lord of the Flies? And it was like, Today class, I'm going to be teaching you about Lord of the Flies. And then she just leaves a conch on the t- yeah. on whiteboard, locks the door and leaves. She's like, No, this made me laugh. Oh,
1: it comes out on the 1st of September. Oh, okay. So yeah, Lord of the Fly Fest. <laughs> it just sounded so hilarious. <laughs>
0: I thought you'd enjoy that. I would enjoy that. okay. No.
1: That's okay. No, no, I like Lord of the Flies. Anytime. I was in a
0: Lord of the Flies play. <laughs> I never forgot about that. I played the, like, you know, the little kid that gets... Doesn't get murdered, but is like, friends with Piggy. Yeah. Like, the young, younger one that's, like, weak and snotty. That's what they made me play, because I was the only girl. Rude.
1: <laughs> You're the only girl. You must be snotty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so... Yeah, I don't know how valuable that was. Do you <laughs> it gave even me a chuckle, about I
1: I haven't read, as as anticipated, I've not read many. I and had... the one I had read, I gave you a really poor description
0: of. You did your best. <laughs> um, I read more than I thought I had.
1: And you um, cheated
0: and ticked some off that you had not read. All that I don't remember reading. <laughs> Which doesn't say much, Your so memory isn't worth <sighs> shit. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. That was the thing, like, when I started talking about Lord of the I was like, oh. Can't remember more than like two weeks ago we
0: did. It. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember Lord of the Flies, but just because I was in a play and forced to rehearse it for yeah, hours yeah. and hours and hours, so a bit more of that <laughs> stuck. Yeah. And also, I got to like throw piggy up a mountain. That was fun. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, but symbolically in a play, but still fun. Yeah. And I had to like move props so I oh, could like pretend cool. to fall off. And I can't remember what we did, but we did murder him, and it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only reason it's I for this out. play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well so thanks I d- for joining us sorry if that was boring i don't know
1: tell us what classic you think everyone should read
0: yeah what's it and, like obviously head to the penguins top 100 list if you want a yeah. bigger a bigger Tony list was gonna but... read it
1: but
0: Ooh. No. goodreads murdered my enthusiasm fast and swiftly <laughs>
1: yeah i think that's a sign of many goodreads being oh. so yeah yeah, head over to wherever you listen to a podcast, and please give us a like this And a review. a
0: review. Except if you found this one boring, just like go and listen to a funny one. Number thirty is really funny. But also, you can just review it anyway because it's still good for us. <laughs> it's still algorithm for us. <laughs> yeah, still interaction. Yeah. All right. Okay. Love you. Love you, love friends. Love you. Speak to you later. Friend. Bye. Bye.
1: <laughs> We'd have stopped. Sorry, I'm having trouble understanding right now. Please try a little later. Who asked you?